Before we start our message this morning, let's have another prayer. Thank you for your presence today, Father. The Holy Spirit makes our studies, it makes our messages so very special. And I think Brother mentioned this morning that without the Holy Spirit, our prayers could not even be accepted. Thank you for your presence and thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. What is the best thing that you can do for yourself? If someone asks you that question, how would you answer it? What is the best thing that you could do for yourself? Well, I'm sure someone would speak up and say, Glenn, I believe the best thing I could do for myself is get a good education. Get a solid education. Stay in school and the benefits will come. And someone else will say, well, that's, that's absolutely a good one, but I believe the best thing I could do for myself is get on an exercise program. Start eating right. Attend some of Christina's meetings. I think that would be the best thing I could do for myself. And someone else would say, well, that's good, but I think I would like to have an, another job. I don't like my job. In fact, I'd like to have a job like I've seen on a bumper sticker that says, arrive late, leave early, and take a long lunch break. That's the job I would like to have. And someone else says, well, that's good. They're good, but I would believe them that the best thing I could do for myself is to sail the seven seas, go coast to coast. I would like to see the world. I think that would be the best thing I could do for myself. And the conversation goes on and on. My sermon today is what is the best thing you could do for yourself. And I realize it could be a little risky because there's so many options that we have things that we do, do for ourselves. We have different backgrounds, different uh, uh, cultures that we grow, grew up in, so this will be a little risky, but I'm willing today to take that risk, and I believe by the time that my message is over today, I think there's, there's going to be some of you that will, will agree with me. So we begin with what is the best thing that you can do for yourself, and I want to say right up front uh, I, I want to make a confession, and I'm speaking from someone from a vintage point of being a born-again Christian. I don't think there's anything better that you can do for yourself than accept Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, and friend. I think that's the best thing you could do for yourself. And if you haven't done that, there's someone here today who hasn't made that decision just forget everything else I'm going to say because that is absolutely the best thing that you can do for yourself. As believers, we have different options. And uh, and what is the best thing that you can do for yourself? And while you're thinking about that, I'd like to read to you uh, from Muhammad Gandhi. Now, this is a man that doesn't call himself a Christian, but I believe that I some, for some reason... He lived with those standards, and I believe that as a possibility, I'm going to re, re, see him in heaven. Uh, there's a reason. 
that he didn't accept Jesus as his Savior. As far as a Christian faith is concerned, he certainly had that spirit. But he, uh, he, Christians that profess to be Christians, he didn't see that in them. And that's sad, isn't it? But uh, so Gandhi is, he wrote down seven blunders, seven blunders of the world. Number one, wealth without work. Wealth without work. Number two, pleasure without conscience. Three, knowledge without character. Number four, commerce without morality. Five, science without hum- without humanity. Six, worship without uh, worship without sacrifice. Number seven, politics without principle. With all due respect to Gandhi, I would add one more to that list. The one I would add to that list would be life without purpose. I can't think of anything that would be worse than to live in a world with absolutely no purpose in life. Wonder why you're here. Who created you? Why? What, 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 what is this all about? Life without purpose has to be, I believe, one of the one of the greatest blunders I believe that anyone could ever have. I can't imagine living life without a purpose. I'm going to talk a little about each one of these today, but they are brief, and there are two brief scriptures that I would like to bring to mind. Uh, first of all, we the Book of Wisdom, and that's Proverbs. Proverbs, the book of wisdom, tells us that, Proverbs 19, verse 21, it says that man will have many purposes, people have many purposes, but only God's purposes will prevail. Do you realize what he said? We can, we can have set standards, we can make plans for next week, and we can uh, scheme for next the next month, and we set goals that we're going to meet. And many of those goals turned out to be not. But it says God's purposes will prevail. God's purposes will prevail. And the second one I'd like to mention is Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11. He said, I know the plans. Now first I'd like, I want to uh, give you the setting of this. Israel has been taken into bondage. Everything behind them has been destroyed. And they're going, and they're, they're, there's, there's nothing behind to go back to. And the future in Babylon does not look good. It's grim and uh, very grim looking. Gloom and grim, I guess we could call it. But this is what, Jer- and then Jeremiah steps up a prophet, put in 9-11. He said, I know the plans that God has for you. I know the plans he has for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. You will call on me and seek. You call on me and I will answer. I, I will listen to you. And if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Follow the scriptures and you will find, you will find that time and again, people, God had a plan for people. 
and you can follow the follow the the biblical accounts, and you will find that, for instance, Noah, Noah built an ark. Joseph interpreted dreams, and Moses delivered delivered a people. Joshua settled the land, and David composed hymns for the hymns for the soul. Mary had a baby. Paul preached righteousness of my faith. And John wrote messages of love. And Jesus, and Jesus saved the world. And all through the biblical account narrative, God has a purpose. And what is his purpose? What is his purpose for his children? You know, I can't think of anything that, to me, that that would be more important than finding out what that purpose is. I lived without purpose. for it was, I was in my 30s when I accepted Jesus as my Lord, but I lived without a purpose for, for quite a few years. I didn't know the joy, the peace that, that, that one would have and the assurance by accepting this wonderful Savior. And he will give you a purpose for your life. Maybe you would ask this morning this question, Glenn, why would you mention purpose? There's so many things that you could, you could have talked about, but you have a, you have a variety of options you could have talked about. May I, may I answer that question? But before I answer it, I would, that question, I want you to know how to discover what God's purpose is for you. I want you to take, first we'll go back to, to a quotation, just a quotation, and the word of the author is David, David Bigner. And I haven't found, I haven't found anyone that gives us a better description of purpose than he does. And he does it in a succinct manner, in a succinct manner. He said, our purpose in life God has a purpose in our life for us. And our pur- purpose, Bigner says, the place God has called you to, the place God has called you to, where the world's deepest passion meets the, deep, the deepest hunger of the world. Your deepest passion and the world's deepest hunger meet. It is to that intersection of, of these two where he has where he has a purpose for you. Your, 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 uh, your deepest passion meets the world's deepest needs. That is the thing that you have, that God has for you. It, it is, it's joy. It brings you joy. It brings you peace. There's something that welds up within you when you meet, when you know that you're in the passion of God. Christina, I, I admire her so much because when she gets up here, you can see the passion she has. She's feeding the hunger of the world because people want to live healthy lives. And you can see the joy that's in her. Christina, I appreciate that so much because you know that you're in the will of God with what you're doing. There is, but there's a danger. Beekner brings it out. There's a danger. People will have a passion that does not feed the world. Now, you're not in God's will with a passion until you're feeding the hunger of the world. There's a world 
around us a deeply uh, hunger, uh, spiritual bereft world. Uh, and that is the place that your intersection will meet with your passion where it meets the hunger of the world. Maybe you should ask, again, probably some of you are thinking, Glenn, why would you choose passion? Why passion? We speak about, what is passion so special to you? What was I born? I think there's nothing better than knowing what you were born to do. What is my best contribution is what you want to ask yourself. To... uh, to others, what is it that I really love doing? What is, when you have that passion and you're in the will of God, it will show up because it's, it's just spontaneous because it's, you're in the will and the purpose of God. And when I do it, time just, just passes by. I lose time. I know in the morning, sometimes I want to take my medicine early, but I forget it. I start get reading and, and I make, I usually receive some calls and make some people, but I'm fulfilling the passion that God gives me. And sometimes I'll receive a call 11 or 12, and I haven't even ate breakfast yet. But it's a glorious time. It's a peaceful time. It's a joyous time when you can talk to God about, about your passion. And listen, you can say, well, some people say, wait, God's never spoke to me. He speaks to me all the time. Oh, it's not in a verbal voice, but I tell you, it's just as real as he was standing right there beside me. How do I find my purpose? Well, the world's deepest hunger and my deepest passion. That is the intersection that we're looking for. God has given you a purpose, and I would would, uh, suggest that if you haven't found that purpose yet, and you can see... What a way that it would change your life. Start praying about that. Asking God about, God, I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what my purpose is. And I want to, if you do that and remember to live, live that purpose. But you ask, Glenn, why do, again, someone might be saying, why did you choose purpose? That of all the things that you could have chosen, there's so many options that you could have chosen. It gives me a reason to live. It gives me a reason that I think that I know why I'm here. It's special to me. I know where I'm contributing anything to God's plan on this earth. And I think that could be the greatest thing. That could be the greatest thing that you can do for yourself is to find out what that purpose is. The reason number one Knowing your purpose invests your life with meaning. Knowing your purpose invests your life with meaning. And when you know who you are, when you know who you are, and knowing who you are and what you are about and why you were created, it gives you a view of life that you could never have otherwise. Otherwise, That's the first reason that I, I chose to invest I wanted to invest my life with meaning. So whatever you have, so whatever you have to, whatever you have to, oh, please pardon me just a minute. Whatever you have to do, by all means, find out what that purpose for your life is. 
and it's, it's where the your passion meets the world's greatest hunger. Find it. Pray for it. Find someone, a good trusted friend, a Christian that will pray with you. The pastor will pray with you. The elders will pray with you. Seek that. That will bring joy to your life. That will bring encouragement. That will bring... I can't, I can't tell you all the things it does for you when you realize that you're in the purpose of God. And there is a, and I chose it not only for that reason, not only invest in your life with purpose and remembering what your life and purpose, it will clarify. It will clarify every, every decision that you make. It will clarify every decision you make. It's like starting on a destination. I disagree with uh, Ofrey Winfrey that there's many roads that leads to that new Jerusalem. I think there's only one road. And when you know your destination, and when you're working in God's purpose, there'll be many of the, on the journey of life. There'll be many roads that will leads off for, from the from that journey from that destination but if you know that and you live in God's purpose you'll stay on that destination it will clarify everything that you do all the decision you make it will clarify everything for you and it keeps me on the road to my destination and that's what I that's what purpose does for you it, it just simplifies everything and every decision that you do knowing your purpose simplifies your life Knowing your purpose simplifies your life. Your purpose becomes the standard of your life. Your purpose becomes the standard of your life. Because your life, simply your, your life, it, it defines whatever you do. It defines everything you do. The decisions that you have to make. You know the right decisions to make and you'll know the wrong decisions. That's what knowing your purpose will do. All essentials in which it simplifies your life and the activity, the activity helps me to feel God's purpose in my life every single day. Knowing your purpose, focus your life, focus your life. It, it, it consecrates your life and energy on what is important and what is not important. It helps you to be selective. Someone will say, Glenn, again I would ask, why choose purpose? There are more, there are so many other good things that you could have chosen. I chose purpose because knowing your purpose focuses your life with meaning. Knowing your purpose focuses your life with meaning. Second, knowing your purpose clarifies every decision that you will make. But there is a, there is a third reason. The third reason I chose that, and it's simply this. Letting your purpose prepare you for Jesus' coming. Letting your purpose prepare you for Jesus' coming. What has God called you to do? What has God called it? What has He created you to do? Where is that deep passion that meets the hunger of the world that intersects, intersects with that? Is it a place of it could be a place of construction. 
I, one of our presidents has retired, Jimmy Carter. He's been building houses for people to live in. That can be a purpose that God has for you. Helping people save people's life. Take a surgeon, an anesthesiologist, working in a, in a hospital. Jim, every time that you, when you was doing the exams, the years that you studied for that position, you was in the purpose of God. While you're preparing for that very important position that God have you saving people's lives, you were in the purpose of God. That goes for our ends too, for our nurses. You are not only fulfilling your purpose, you are getting things ready for the coming of your master, getting things ready for the coming of Jesus. Maybe you have retired. Maybe you have closed the office for the last time. Maybe you have, and you received your watch. You received your, your, your special mail. Maybe as a, as a doctor, you've hung up the, your stethoscope. Maybe for the last time. Katie Hickman told me one time when she reached 80, she said, Glenn, I never thought I was old until I reached 80. And she said, uh, and I found out that that was true. I'm 87 now, and, and I've learned that up until that time, I was able, my wife was in a, uh, a nursing home in Somerset. She had Alzheimer's, and I was able to drive up there maybe two or three times a week. But now, I, if I go out to... Out of the county, I have to have one of my sisters to take me. But you know what? I'm still living God's purpose. In fact, it is... And so sometimes we say, well, my job is over. My outside work is done. What do I do now? I, 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 what do I do? Is there still a purpose that God has for me? You know, Katie... And Dr. Winchester, they worked for many years. That was after she was 80. They were helping people, senior citizens of people who couldn't help themselves to come in. They were ministering to them. They were still doing God's purpose. But uh, I think there's a beautiful illustration here. Anne Lotz was talking to her father, Billy Graham. Her father said, Anne, I don't know what to do now. I've studied, I've studied all my life. I've studied scriptures. I've led people to Christ. I've told them how to die. I'm not afraid, he said. I'm not afraid of death. I know about that. But I, he said, I don't know how to grow old. And his daughter replied. She said, Daddy, you're teaching, you're teaching others how to grow old. How to grow old with faith that's strong and real. And I realize those of us that are dawn of this age that I am now and over, we're right at that place. Some of us are asking what we can, what can we do at this time? Do you know what it means? And my heavenly father spoke to me. He said, my son, you're setting you're showing others how to grow old with faith that is strong and vibrant. And you know, we are, he said, you are setting footsteps for others that will follow. And they want to know how that the old, old people can still be strong, vibrant, and with faith. 
I want to tell you something. There's never a time to retire in God's work. God has no unemployment. There's something that everyone can do. And I think that the greatest thing you could do is find God's purpose in your life. I, I realize that people that we're growing older and we're leaving the steps for others. This is what my Lord seems to tell me. And you know, it's not only we're leaving steps for others. I receive calls every day, usually every day from someone asking for prayer or something of that way. I'm fulfilling God's purpose. I enjoy that. And if any of you ever want to just talk about something, have prayer, give me a call. I talked to a person yesterday. I, I talked to, and I, I, she's one of the members of our church. Her husband died. Her, and then she had lost a sister, and uh, with cancer. And I had a long visit with her over the phone. And I believe it was just as important as if I would have been there. I, I admire so much Jody and, and, uh, and uh, the people in our. Murray, they seem to know what's going on with people that's sick and uh, how they're doing. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. To me, my, my talk yesterday with, with this lady was just as special if I'd been right there with her. And she told me that. She said, you just made my day. We can do it. Age does not disqualify you from using the telephone. I tell you, when there seems to be no purpose in life, a faith that is robust and real, while my body, dear friends, may decay. When my body may decay, I look forward to a Lord that does not decay. And he's made me a promise. He's made me a promise. A hope that does not decay. And he's holding out for me a hope that is that our imagination just cannot conceive it. Our imagination just cannot receive it. I'm looking forward to that time. Yes, my wife's favorite song was a glory song. That would be glory for me when I can look on his face. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to it. This God is preparing me for. I want to look in the face of Jesus. I want to see that perfect love as I've never seen it before. And then I want to meet my family, my precious family, my wife and those that I love so much that are no longer with us. My church family. Two of the latest, two of the latest ones, and I remember them all. But uh, Florence, we're going to be seeing Kenneth before long. I believe that with all my heart. And I, I appreciate you so much. I, when, he was given the, when he was given the mission report, it seemed to me like it's coming right from the heart. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Showing people what it means to grow old with faith. I could ever, that future for us is beyond anything we could ever imagine. And with him, meeting him and my family, that's the reason that I chose purpose. Thank you, precious Father for your presence here today and thanking, thank you for giving us a purpose in life. 
a purpose, Father, that sets us totally free to meet you in your soon coming. Until that time, Father, bless us as we fulfill the purpose that you've created for us. In Jesus' name, amen.